This is Tom Lee, Editor-in-Chief of NGM Catalyst, and we're talking today about the state of population health management. We're talking with Matt Hanley, a former emergency medicine physician who played executive leadership roles, both operational and clinical, at Atrium Health and SSM Health before joining NAVIS, a leader in population health that helps delivery systems, health plans, and physicians organizations both transform and move to value-based care. Navis is currently managing more than 4.5 million value-based care lives with its various partners. Now, Matt is an ideal person to, to discuss this topic with because I know he believes that this is the right direction for healthcare, but he's seen the opportunities as well as the challenges in a lot of organizations around the country as they move down this road, not just the one or two organizations that most of us have perspective on. And his feet are on the ground based on his time at SSM and Atrium and now at Navis. His feet are on the ground because he has seen the failures of population health management show up in the emergency department as he works as a clinician. Now, Matt, I know you are quite familiar with the duress provider organizations are under right now. At least some of them are saying they have to get back to basics. And that might mean doing fee-for-service really well and in really high volumes. And many of them are saying they can't be distracted by anything else. What are you seeing around the country now in this regard? Well, thank you, Tom. And let me begin by saying it's just a delight to be with you today. Um, and I'll also start by saying that before I even answer that question, I want to say that it's an incredibly exciting time to be in healthcare. Uh, it is, in my entire career, both more complex and more challenging than I've ever seen it. And what that means is that there's more opportunities than ever for us to tackle uh, this problem that we're trying to solve. I think if we take a minute to comment on the moment that we're in, um, I, it can help answer the question. Um, I think we're at a moment of inflection in our journey uh, with, with regard to transformation of popu population health, and it's maybe the next big inflection uh, in, in healthcare. And I, in, in my mind, it's characterized by four different features. The first is that the economic headwinds that provider organizations are experiencing are of a different magnitude than they've been seen before. So it's more than about just running the business well. What they've realized is that the old playbook isn't working. And what we're seeing is blue chip organizations, household names who are starting to, to suffer uh, economic consequences like tripping bond covenants. The second thing I'd I'd mention is that value-based care, uh, care transformation, payment care transformation is no longer an interesting feature on strategy playbooks for provider organizations. And last time I checked, which was a, this morning actually, um, within the Medicare population, we're at 49% of all Medicare um, enrollees are in a Medicare Advantage plan. So we're almost over halfway there. The third thing I would mention, Tom, is that um, those who are figuring out how to engage the minds and hearts of the physicians and the clinicians in this journey, in this population health journey, and doing it with them and not to them, 
are the ones who are starting to find success. And I know there's there's been a there there's a lot of activity in the, in the physician community out there in terms of acquisition models. And to be honest with you, I think we're only at version 1.0 in that space. And then la the last comment I will I'll make is that the I think people are realizing that the success of the incumbent organizations, and in particular the provider organizations, are going to be absolutely critical on this journey. And the reason I say that is because if you look across the United States, the bulk of our care is still delivered by them in our communities. So while they may be inefficient and while they may be criticized as being expensive, they are necessary. And I think the rate of transformation uh, in the U.S. is going to correlate to the rate of trans transformation of these incumbent organizations. And so I would say all that to realize to, to say, Tom, is that um, while many organizations are, are certainly doubling down on some of their um, old fee-for-service behaviors, they're also saying in the same breath that there has to be something fundamentally different about um, us moving forward, and that, and that is transformation to value-based care. Well, let's talk about how organizations should think about that difficult question of plunging in. You know, first the external and then the internal factors. You know, as leaders look at their market context, what should they pay most attention to? Sure. Well, I, you know, the old adage that healthcare is different um, and healthcare is local, I think, uh, is, is absolutely true. I've, I've had the blessing of seeing many, many different um, markets. And so I think you know, th there are a lot of different features that I would pay attention to externally. And, and first of all, is you really have to take stock of where you are in your market. And I think there are three things that I would immediately go to. Um, first is I wanna understand what the payers are doing in the market. So I wanna understand which payers are you're in my market, which lines of business, which populations um, they're covering. I wanna know who they're partnering with and I wanna know how and why they're partnering with. I wanna, I also wanna understand where they are in their risk journey um, and um, what type of risk arrangements or partnerships they may have in place with other folks in the market. I think a lot of people um, maybe underestimate um, how motivated, and I think there are many payers who are equally motivated as providers to figure out this value-based care thing because they realize that in order to be relevant in the future, that payment transformation in and of itself is not sufficient for us to solve the problem, and they need strong, deep partnership um, with the providers to get it done. The second thing is I, I want to understand the populations. Um, and the networks within your community. So, you know, the name of the game in population health is taking care of populations. Um, and so what populations are present in your community and who are these patients and who are the providers taking care of these patients? And are they attributed or um, are they, um, or have they not been attributed to those providers? The third thing, and Tom, this is one of the most important things is understanding that clinical space and understanding the alignment um, uh, of the physician community. So whether they're employed by the provider systems, um, whether they're aligned and how they're aligned, are they in networks, clinically integrated networks? And I'm not only talking about the primary care because I think, well, primary care is certainly a bedrock of pop population health, 
I, I think uh, people are waking up to the idea of the criticality of that specialist component in the full care continuum. So I want to understand them. And then, then uh, certainly last, I want to understand which, you know, I call them the disruptors, which disruptors are, have entered that market and what does that footprint look like? Well, let's turn to the second set of uh, factors, the internal factors. So as leaders look at their own organizations, what, the, what should they be assessing as they weigh whether to plunge in? Yeah, thanks, Tom. I, I like to think about this um, heart, mind, and body. So I like to, you know, start with the heart. Um, I think for organizations, if they're committed to moving in this direction, they have to start uh, with, they have to fall in love with the problem. They have to have passion for the, the problem that they're solving. And that has to be the, the fire that frankly burns underneath them as they go on this journey. And so um, it really, really requires um, some bold and courageous transformational thinking. And, and I like to say that incrementalism is not transformation. Uh, the second is you you need to have leadership commitment, uh, and that's that's not only at the CEO level. This is at the board level, and I would tell you um, from my experience that the smallest chink in the armor or the smallest crack of light in that level of commitment will undermine your journey. Uh, the third thing is you know when I when I talk about body, that's really about the the core competencies and the enabling structures that really need to be in place for you to, um, to go on that journey. So the, the first is uh, the most important enabling feature is governance. And then I would say there are at least, in my mind, 10, 10 potential domains uh, around population health that are critical for you to understand where you are and, and your readiness to go on that, the journey. So things like, you know, I would mention data. You have to understand what data you have, what technology do you have to support um, the population health journey. Analytics is critical. Analytics is critical to create the transparency for you to understand your current state um, and not only your current state, but the potential value that you can unlock by moving in, moving in the direction of population health. Um, reporting, things like your staffing arrangements with care management, um, how, you're, how, how you're organized to do things like throughput um, within your acute care facilities or to your post-acute care facilities, how you've optimized your clinics. Um, what's your payer contracting and your managed care contracting setup look like? Um, do you have core competencies and really being able, you know, understanding how to pace and sequence your contracts and unlock value as you go down this path? Um, and so um, all those things that I mentioned and more um, are part of the assessment, I would say, Tom, that you need to do. And then to understand how they all interplay together, because they can't all work in their individual silos. There has to be a line of sight of how well they're, they're integrated. Well, you've been touching on these themes, but to make it crystal clear, without naming names, can you describe the characteristics of an organization that is completely ready to plunge in if there is one? Thanks, Tom. I'm not sure anyone's ever completely ready for full transformation, but there are a couple features that I think are critical um, when I look at organizations and their readiness. 
the first feature that I have seen is organizations that have a very high collaborative IQ. And the reason for that is that many of these organizations will understand that in order for us uh, to achieve the speed we need, that we're most likely going to need to partner with someone. And so the ability for an organization to partner with others to go on this journey and to figure out who has right away uh, to figure out how to break down silos is critical. The second is the leadership commitment that I've that I've already described, and it's hard to overemphasize how absolutely critical that is. Uh, the third is it's really it's actually frankly really nice if they've had some experience in value-based care or population um, health already. And there's there's two reasons for that. One, I do think it takes there is a there is a level of critical mass that makes it worthwhile to start and. I don't have any science behind it, but you know, based on my experience, I think it takes you know uh, at least about 25,000 either ACO commercialized uh, with an eye of getting to 50,000 to start, or you can have 2,000 Medicare Advantage lives with with line of sight to getting to at least 4,000. And to me, those are minimal viable criteria to start. Um, and the second the second reason. Uh, that I like to see organizations have some experience in value-based care is because if they've actually put their foot in the water and they've tried it, they actually they start to appreciate how darn hard the journey is going to be and the complexity um, that that uh, is present in order for them to be successful. And, and that, to me, it helps them double down on the commitment to get there. The last critical factor, Tom, is having an incredibly well thought out roadmap uh, that helps them navigate, you know, what the path would potentially look like for the next three to five years. And when I talk about roadmap, I'm talking about, frankly, a roadmap that is undergirded by a really robust economic model that models in all those factors that I mentioned before that help the organization understand what needs to be true at certain points of their journey for them to be successful in population health. So for an example, what needs to be true at my, uh, about my technology platform and analytics in year one? What needs to be true about my physician or clinician enterprise um, in year two? Do I have to have a compensation model in place? Do I have to have alignment you know, with this physician group? Do I have to have these care models set up? And so on and so forth. And those folks who have, frankly, spent the time to do that type of due diligence, you know, to me, uh, have, have done the first, you know, body work necessary to go on the path. Okay, so what's it look like at the other end of a spectrum? Uh, what's an organization that is really not ready uh, look like? Yeah, I think the simple answer is the opposite of just what I said. Um, so the lack of the leadership uh, commitment, lack of value-based care experience, or frankly, a critical number of lives, maybe lack of some of the core competencies um, or core capabilities within the organization. But I think the other big reason uh, that people are not going uh, down that path is, you know, to be frank, Tom, there are some still some markets in the United States um, who are predominantly fee-for-service. Um, and those, those tend to be areas of really, really strong economic growth, tend to be areas where the demographics 
are on the on the younger side in terms of the populations. And so there are organizations who are still doing, frankly, fairly well in that space and growing. Well, assuming most organizations uh, are somewhere in between these two extremes, and you know, if you were back in your old jobs uh, as an executive in a delivery system, uh, how would you approach this work? Yeah, thanks, Tom. I, I you know, on, I think that's a really good question because I think that's you know, honestly, where most um, organizations sit is somewhere in between, and I, I, I think you know, it goes back to what I said is you know, you know establishing the leadership committee, having a really good sense of understanding your, your current core capabilities um, and what are the gaps between that and what an ideal state would be, and then setting up, you know, putting in place a roadmap that's, that is supported by an economic glide path, and then frankly, just starting. Um, and you know, part of this journey that we're all taking in population health is a learning journey. Um, and I, you know, as we started in the beginning, I am a, I'm a huge proponent of this because I believe at the end of the day, um, it is, you know, frankly, the way that we're going to realize the, the quadruple, the quadruple aim, because I, I do think if we're able to reduce the costs, if we're able to improve the access and the quality, um, we have seen, I have seen uh, tremendous engagement uh, and satisfaction by patients. And frankly, I've seen incredible engagement and satisfaction by our providers. Well, Matt, I want to thank you so much. Uh, I have to say, you know, you, you've got, you've combined three great ingredients in what I think are really valuable uh, remarks. Uh, first, you've got the the tough-minded assessment of an emergency medicine doc, you know, you, you, you can see that when, you know, blue chip organizations are not meeting their bond covenants, that that is, uh, that's the, that's a really bad prognostic sign. And if you try to ignore it, you're in real trouble. Uh, you've got idealism, like you actually really do believe it's, this is the right thing. And you know, the importance of passion in leaders for doing what will be the right thing for their organization for healthcare. And then the third thing is you got a framework for how to approach these issues. You know that it's not about just giving uh, inspirational speeches, uh, but it's getting organized and getting down to work. And so I think that uh, the, the framework that you offer in your remarks is gonna be valuable for a lot of folks uh, as they go down this path. So I know that we're going to be tapping into you more often in the future. And I really thank you for coming today and sharing uh, this much with our audience. Thank you, Tom. My pleasure.